Hey there, everybody. Before we get started today, I want to remind everyone to use our Blick affiliate link when you order your art supplies from Blick.com. Longtime listeners know that this is my favorite way for you to support the show because it is effortless and costs you nothing. Just navigate to Blick using MessyStudioPodcast.com slash Blick. This will redirect you to the regular Blick website, but when you use our affiliate link, Blick will donate 10% of your purchase to the Messy Studio Podcast. I always recommend you just bookmark that link, then you don't have to think about it again. Just use the bookmark and you are supporting the show. Right now, Blick is celebrating their 110th birthday, so they do have a lot of really nice specials going on. Uh, they still are running some of those specials on the Rembrandt Soft Pastels and Oil Paints. Also, right now, Blick Oils are 65% off, and if you order $45 or more worth of art materials, your shipping is free with promo code BDAY110. So once again, that's MessyStudioPodcast.com slash Blick to both take advantage of those specials and support the show while you're doing it. All right, let's get right into the show. Hello and welcome to The Messy Studio with Rebecca Kroll, the podcast at the intersection of art, travel, entrepreneurship, philosophy, and life in general. I am Ross Tickner, Rebecca's audio producer, podcast guru, and her son. On today's episode, we are talking about being authentic. The artist's life is challenging in ways that go beyond producing strong work, as difficult as that is by itself. And art practice also makes huge demands of us on a personal and emotional level. As much as we love what we do, all of us sometimes feel overwhelmed by these demands, which include the need for constant self-examination, brutal honesty, and being willing to push through difficulties. Yet, we know that these challenges come with the territory and are the path to true personal expression. Today, we will focus on the challenge and rewards of being authentic and honest with ourselves in our studio practice. With me, as always, is Rebecca Kroll. Hello, everyone. So the idea of authenticity is something I think a lot of artists are concerned with, and it, it kind of starts, you know, with a, with the idea of being an authentic person, which means, you know, being genuine and willing to show your whole self and not just parts of it, uh, avoiding being superficial all the time, um, not being overly eager to adapt to what other people want you to be, um, although, you know, willing to listen and understand. And so it has this whole, um, you know, a lot of ideas around the idea of being authentic that overlap into kind of psychology and, you know, who we are as people, kind of in a cliched way, being true to yourself. Um, but, you know, this really has a lot to do with, with being an artist as well and what you do with your work. Um, and it's, it's a concern, I think, beyond what's happening in our personal lives is how does this how does this uh, work in our in our studios, and how can we be authentic and true when we are uh, subject to pressures that may pull us in the other direction? Um, you know, pressures from the outside world about our art, and these may come from your teachers. It can come from the art market. Um, galleries, collectors, it could come from much closer from your loved ones and people that have opinions about what you should be doing. And also from those kind of inner voices that we've talked about before that are critical, you know, negative things that you tell yourself about what you're doing. So 
Um, yeah, much of the time these pressures um, can can really push us in a direction that isn't authentic, and then they become counterproductive because uh, audiences can smell bullcrap. And if you are putting something out there that isn't authentic, then it doesn't really ring true, and it, it's not going to be as successful. So there's a balancing act between uh, you know, following what direction maybe market forces, for example, are pushing you in and what actually feels right to you. Um, if it doesn't feel right, then it's it's not going to work. And so it, we we can follow you know some of those directions that we're getting from our customers and from uh, you know gallery owners and uh, the feedback that we're getting. Um, but if we do that at the sacrifice of our authenticity, it's going to self destruct. Yeah, I I agree, and I think it goes deeper than. Um you know, what will sell, because frankly, a lot of superficial art does sell, <laughs> but it goes deeper into the satisfaction that we get from our own work. And it, it does, I think if you're, if you're producing work that doesn't feel authentic, um, it undermines your, yourself as an artist. And, you know, that's, that's a problem. And, and you can be misled by things that sell that are kind of not really you, but it's what's, being demanded. And in the end, though, is that really what you want? I mean, it is a, I guess there is a path of superficial art production, but is it for you? Probably not. I mean, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably care about your own self-expression and your own worth in your own eyes as an artist. So, well, if you don't enjoy it, it's just not sustainable. You may have some short-term success in it, but you're not going to be able to maintain that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and, uh, yeah, it's definitely one of those things that you can you can float along with for a while and do stuff that isn't really you, and at some point maybe have a bit of a an awakening to say, "I'm done with this." You know, I I want to do what's meaningful to me, and this is a challenge. Uh, but even recognizing that what you're doing isn't meaningful to you can be a challenge, <laughs> because we are we are mis misled by by so many things that can come at us, and um, you know, maybe one of the first things that the first the first step for a lot of people in being authentic is to is to say I'm an artist. I this is what I do, and then all the steps that follow um, to keep that identity as clear as possible uh, in your own mind, in spite of these outside influences, to keep that identity of who you are and what you're doing is so. It is so vital to, to continuing, as you say, to keeping the energy and keeping um, growing and all those things that are important. Um, and I, when I thought about this this basic word and what does it mean, uh, I came across an article that I thought was kind of interesting, and it, it was written by um, a, a doctor in Psychology Today. Her name is um, I think it's Cheeky Davis, PhD. Um, and she, the article is about being authentic in terms of personality and, you know, who you are, your character. But I'm just going to quote from this because it's so applicable to what we're talking about in the studio. And she says, um, we were molded as children by our parents, teachers, religions, peers, and society to quote unquote fit in. And as a result, we develop beliefs, thoughts, emotions, and behaviors that keep us acting in the ways that we were taught to act, not in the ways 
necessarily that make us feel like our authentic selves. This version of ourselves can be thought of as, again, this is in quote, quotes, uh, the adaptive self. The self that prioritizes fitting in, getting along, and generally doing what we're told. This self is not without value and purpose. It helps us to be functioning members of society. But if you're feeling inauthentic, the adaptive self is running your life. Um, and I think that's exactly what we were just talking about in terms of your work, your studio stuff, is if you if you're really running your studio on the basis of adapting to what other people want, that does go counter to this authentic part of yourselves. Um, yeah. And that adapted self does, it is, it is such a, a powerful force in our lives because it, it comes from this evolutionary aspect of ourselves where, you know, we, we survived in tribal cultures for such a long period of time and it was essential to our ability to to find food uh, to reproduce was that that fitting into that that tribal structure and adapting to um, to conform to to the expectations of others. And as we grow up, hopefully, we kind of grow out of that. Um, you know, in in ancient times, that would be when you were kind of ascending to the role of elder. And um, you're you're hopefully less uh, beholden to the expectations of others, uh, but it can be something that's very difficult to to overcome. Right, and you know, in in other cultures and in other times, art can fill a different purpose. And and the idea of the individuality of art is a relatively modern and I guess in terms of art, Western art idea that. You know, this is about our individual personalities and the function of art uh, culturally can be something really different. So this is kind of a, you know, it's a specific idea to to our time and place that we're concerned with this. Uh, and it's just, it's just kind of a, I guess, a sort of a unique problem in terms of history, as you're saying, it's, you know, how do we stand apart? How do we how do we do our own thing and and have it work? Uh, whereas we we have so many forces, psychological and otherwise, that say, uh, you know, you benefit from not being an individual in many ways in society, and you benefit from fitting in. So it, yeah, kind of a mm, interesting kind of inner conflict sometimes, <laughs> and and we may not, we honestly may not recognize the extent to which we're doing things to please other people in our work because it can be very ingrained and you know maybe there's certain um maybe you're kind of a a person who holds back socially and you're kind of timid in some way but yet you have this impulse to do big bold huge paintings you know and and so you would resist that because oh but I'm not that person I'm kind of quiet you know but some something inside of you is saying yeah but do it <laughs> and and that I think that might be a situation where this conflict would would come in or say, maybe there's some subject matter that you feel is a bit difficult or challenging and you just, no, I'm not going there. People won't get it. They won't like my work. They won't like me. Um, you know, another example of that and it's kind of fearing, I guess, fearing, I suppose, the reactions of other people. If you overstep whatever boundaries you have accepted for your boundaries uh, and other people expect of you and you go outside of that 
um, and you say, what, what will happen if I dare to do this thing? <laughs> will it be more authentically me? And I don't know. Sometimes it's, it's hard to know. And I would say that I would be willing to bet that most of us have aspects of this in what we do, that we're, we're holding back because we see ourselves in a certain way. Other people see ourselves in a certain way. Um, what is the true voice? It's it's a tough one. Um, I guess in my own work, um, I am aware that many people prefer a certain type of my work, which is kind of a softer palette, um, softer shapes. The more organic aspects of my work have always been um, something that people respond to. And of course, I work that way because I it expresses something about me. But it's not my only way of working. And sometimes when I use, you know, harder edges, more geometric shapes or very bold color, um, I don't get quite the same response. And, and I have to um, kind of push myself to say, hey, um, I, I'm going to accept these other aspects of who I am and the way I'm expressing myself and trust that, you know, as you said early on, when it's sincere, there is something that comes through. And even if it may not be the style or the look that people prefer, they can still recognize that it's authentic. I feel that it's authentic. And we have, I guess the other part of that is we have different aspects of ourselves, right? Um, you know, and, and giving range of that expression in your work is challenging. It's challenging for your audience to say, uh, maybe we can't put you in a particular box, you know, maybe we can't define you all that well because you're, you're complicated and you have these different ideas. Um, and so I guess as an artist, you may, you know, when you really look at it, you may say, do I want to be put in this one small box? Are there parts of me that need to come out? Um, and I, I don't, I would just say I distinguish this from, being like just superficially jumping around into a million things. And there, you know, I'm saying the things that really mean something to you. And there probably aren't all that many, but maybe there's more than one. And maybe it's, there's more than the one that you're sort of known for or people expect from you. Well, and people rarely become known for something that isn't challenging, that, uh, that isn't unique. Mm. Um, and if you're only following what, uh, what other people are indicating they want, you're probably never going to break through on something that is really revolutionary. Yeah, it's, that's a good point. Um, and you, you have to sort of step aside from those expectations because people don't know what they don't know. Right. I mean, if they think of you in a certain way and they always want that certain thing from you your audience doesn't realize what else you're capable of if you never show it to them <laughs> and you keep it inside or you keep it private. Um, and, you know, you people do respect and, and respond to work that, that does show progress and show growth and show change. Even if on some level they say, you know, it's like it's like musicians, you know, that are famous for some song they did back in the 70s. People always want to hear that song. Um, but the musician isn't gonna stop there. They're gonna keep going. 
So, you know, when we've talked a lot about change on the podcast, this is all, it's all tied in, in together, really. Real quick, I got to let our listeners know about what's new at Cold Wax Academy. Rebecca and Jerry are busy preparing new presentations for their spring quarter weekly live interactive sessions. The topics for spring are shape, scale, and proportion, and self-coaching to improve your work habits and productivity. As always, there will be plenty of opportunities to interact with Rebecca, Jerry, and other members, along with critique sessions, feedback about your paintings, and of course, a deep dive into the three selected topics of the quarter. Cold Wax Academy has been receiving lots of rave reviews from members. They know it is the best online learning for cold wax painting available and the only membership program dedicated to this medium. Find out more at coldwaxacademy.com. That's coldwaxacademy.com. All right, let's get back into it. So I'm just remembering um, a couple podcasts that we've done in the past that are kind of around this topic, not only the ones about change, but um, 115 was about artist conversation. And another one, uh, 172, was about connecting with viewers. And and here we may be saying, well, sometimes your end of the conversation is a little challenging. I mean, that's okay, because I think that uh, your audience, the people that you're communicating with in your work, do respect honesty. And if it's a, if it's a true back and forth exchange, um, I think connections are made by being open, being a little bit vulnerable, um, showing sides of yourself that, you know, maybe it's not your public face. Um, and, and that's how, you know, that's how we are ideally as humans, I think, is that we're not um, kind of hiding behind a reputation or something else. But you know, just saying, here's something else I did, or here's something I did that didn't work out so well, <laughs> you know, um, and and letting people kind of see more parts of you is is not a bad thing. Um, so, I don't know. And there's also another point from that, that article I was talking about that I wanted to mention, because um, the article goes on to say that, you know, this this is probably kind of obvious, but the key is figuring out who your true self is. What is that authentic self? And for artists, this takes a lot of self-examination in our, in our work. Um, and it means, you know, we have to, to be really honest and say, uh, what is the sense of connection I have with what I'm doing right now? Um, is, am I exploring, experimenting, and I'm not quite sure what that connection is, and that's fine? Or am I you know, going for something deeper and really um, feeling something with this work um, is my imagery, whatever it is, whether it's abstract imagery or representational imagery, does that mean something to me? Um, and also just, just that honest, like, self-critique and what feels right, what doesn't feel right. And so this kind of ongoing demand that we're so honest with ourselves, you know, what's working, what isn't? Uh, when when should we keep pushing, questioning? This is really demanding stuff, you know? I mean, it's way easier to just sail along and say, oh, this works, okay, we're going to do this for the next 10 years. Um, and But by doing that, you create that box for yourself that other people will, be, will have a harder and harder time looking past it and saying, 
you know, what's what's the what's the bigger picture? Um, and there was another thing that that was mentioned in that same article. We'll put a link to this article up too. So, but the author said doubts can be like breadcrumbs that lead you to your authentic self. If you doubt something, a thought, a behavior, an emotion, an experience, um, reflect for a moment to find whatever is underneath. Is your authentic self trying to tell you to, to stop this, to stop doubting, to, to just go ahead with it? And I love that phrase, like doubts are like breadcrumbs that lead you to your authentic self. Because doubts are difficult. If we struggle with them, we don't want them, right? They're uncomfortable. And and they can and you know, it's so easy with a doubt to say, oh, just just go away. I, I'm not gonna listen to you. But that they are actually um these little signals that something is off. And so often when I see um work that's posted in our in our member classroom by artists that are in Cold Wax Academy and they say They'll often say things like, you know, I, I think this might be done, but I am, I'm not sure about this one part, like, or do I need more color or something? You know, they'll bring up a doubt in the post. And it's just sometimes what they're doubting isn't maybe quite the right problem, but something is telling them this is a little bit off. And so even though part of them wants it to be finished, they have this doubt and it's just, it always says to me when I see that phrase, or I'm wondering about, I doubt this thing. Okay, that's that's really important that you're feeling that. And, you know, of course, it applies to so many things in life. But paying attention to that in the studio, I think, is really important. I think so So much in life is listening to that that kind of still small voice that whispers the truth to you. And, and acknowledging it and trying to follow it to the best of your ability. Yeah. And, and we don't, we, as the, you know, this author said, this article said, as we know, we're often taught to ignore that voice. Um, it doesn't quite work. It doesn't quite fit in. It doesn't fit somebody's expectations, including our own. And we can fight that for quite a while <laughs> and say, Oh, you know, I, it's too challenging to follow that voice. And and yet every step we take away from it is is a step that takes us further away from that individuality which, you know, is t- that still small voice is the personal voice that we talk about in art, right? I mean, it's something that a lot of um artists are looking for. What what is their personal voice? What is the way that they express themselves in their work that's unique? And it's all tied in with that inner knowledge that is is really important. And I, it, you know, it, it also raises these kind of existential questions because when you're faced with doubt, you realize you never quite get to where you want to be in your work. This is something ongoing with so many artists. It's always just out of reach, right? And and it keeps you going. It's motivating, but. When those doubtful voices come in a lot or that sense that you're drifting away from who you really are in your work, um, it's, it's, it's quite undermining, I think, for your motivation. And, um, and you wonder, you know, is it worthwhile to keep trying? You know, should I settle here? Is this, is this long, difficult journey really worth it? <laughs> that's, a, that's a big question. 
and um, it it plagues people. It plagues artists um, in in really difficult ways, and can lead to artist block and just um, I don't know, just kind of drifting, just kind of not really changing or growing or or feeling the challenges that are so important to us, and so maybe sometimes it's just easier to take somebody else's idea of what our work should be and it's easier than trying to figure it out yourself and um yeah but what is it where does that leave you you know there's something fake about that and it it's destructive well do you have any final thoughts to wrap up this episode <laughs> uh now that i'm stepping off my soapbox <laughs> <laughs> i i do feel passionately about this and it it's really I think it's just something you learn over time, uh, but it, it's. I think it's a lot harder to spot when you're when you're starting out, when you're learning, when you're feeling a lot of different influences. It's a lot harder to spot who who the real you is, uh, but it, it it's never too early to to start considering that. It's it's always a challenge and a, a really basic challenge um, in our work. And and I guess talking about starting out, it's not that you either have this authenticity or you don't. I mean, it's not like a line that you cross. You spend years creeping towards it step by step. <laughs> but I, but you sort of know when you hit it. And I think that when you find it in any measure, it, it really helps build self-confidence in your work. And it helps you to say, this is, this is who I am. This is me. And this is my work. So that is all. <laughs> All right. Well, that just about wraps up this episode of The Messy Studio. For more from The Messy Studio, please check out www.messystudiopodcast.com and sign up for the email list. You can also find The Messy Studio on Facebook, as well as public profiles for both Rebecca Kroll and myself, Ross Tickner. For more from Rebecca Kroll, please check out www.rebeccacroll.com and Cold Wax Academy at www.coldwaxacademy.com and sign up for the email lists to stay up to date on events, book signings, and openings. The Messy Studio Podcast is a core publication management production. Thanks for listening. We'll be back again next week with more art and entertainment. In the meantime, embrace your creative space, messy or otherwise. Thanks, everybody.